2: when it comes to running everyone has a bam a rub or an ointment in their locker that they swear by to relieve those aching muscles this week sanya Sullivan and i will discuss what works and what to avoid when it comes to the tubes and snake oil vials that promise to ease the pain with the help of your suggestions and my research into the world of home remedies. Later on, we'll discuss the latest step on our road to the Antrim Coast Half Marathon and get Sonia's tips for week eight. But first, Sonia, you're back in London after a flying visit to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games. How did it go?
0: So, yeah, it was good to finally get up to the um, stadium in Birmingham, the Alexander Stadium. Um, I've been glued to it all week, watching all the sessions and... You know there was a lot of good races on throughout the week um it was definitely the the quality was really good at the pointy end you know there there wasn't amazing depth in the Mm. races but there were some really good races and um and the crowd was fantastic like i was sitting way way up in the stand like (laughs) nearly touching the the sky nick came up and joined me last night and he was like this is the worst seat i've ever sat in Like, yeah, but you can see the whole stadium. It looks beautiful. And then like, yeah, but you can't see the runners going around. <laughs> like little, <laughs> little stick figures running around the track. <laughs> and yeah, the, big was nowhere, the, the big screen was nowhere near as big as the one in Oregon. Um,
2: yeah.
0: But it was, um, yeah, no, it, it was like the, st- the steps going up to the stand were so steep. I mean, there were some people sitting up there. I don't know how they got up there. I don't know how they got back <laughs> down either because... Like, there was a lot of, like I would say, older people in the crowd, you know, who, you know, just love their athletics and stuff. But it was hard work getting up those steps. Maybe it was mm. because I was trying to get up there, you know, as quick as I could. But you get to the top, you'd be feel the lactic building up in your legs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and do people I, bring binoculars to sit up that high? I, I
0: was, Well, I was having phone trouble because my phone was out of battery. And so then, but I had my iPad in the bag because I had used it to... I was watching a show on the way up on the train. So I was using my iPad to take a picture and then zoom in to see things. And, but I didn't have binoculars. But if I was coming back the next day or if I had come earlier in the week, I probably would have sourced some binoculars. I mean, if yeah. someone was selling binoculars at the bottom of those steps,
2: they would have done <laughs> roaring a roaring crash. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the, you know, when I say that and I ask about the binoculars, because so much of the drama, as you know, in these championships, is seeing the facial expressions of these elite athletes trying to muster the strength and courage to battle back. I'm thinking specifically of Ailish McColgan and that performance that she threw in. What was the standout performance for you, Sonia?
0: Well, last night, well, the women's 1500 was great race. It's always difficult when you're watching a race and you're watching a particular athlete in the race. So I was focused on what Jessica Hull was doing. And then you kind of miss what actually happens at the front end of the race. It's mm. hard to see the whole thing. Um, so I definitely had to watch it back on TV when we got back last night. And um yeah, it was it was great to watch it because it was a fairly like slowish pace, the first couple of laps, and then like sixty seconds um on that third lap, which really opened things up and Lorem Your and Kira McGeon as well, who had a really great run, went with her and they were the only two to run sixty seconds for that third lap and then hang on for the final three hundred meters. Um, so yeah, the, the thing with these races now is it's just become so much more specific, the, like what's required to compete at the high level of 1500 meters, you're no longer, you know, a distance runner who runs 1500, 3000, 5000, they're all very specific events Mm -hmm. and you have to train specifically for them. Um, and in a way, I think that may be one of the things that costs Jess as well as being sick. Uh, with COVID be- since the World Championships, I think she maybe tried to do too much this year and train for the 1500 and the 5000. And so then you're neither here nor there. And you're mm-hmm. kind of... Up in the middle
2: yeah well tra- doing a bit too much has been uh, a theme for all of us in the lead up to week eight of the half marathon challenge the road to larn the antrim coast half marathon that sonia's been coaching a group of our listeners to if you haven't been keeping up we have a squad of uh, devoted listeners who sonia handpicked and coaches with a varying plan for different levels of ability, we've our team captains, Ashling, de Maison and Neil Fusco leading the way and posting their examples of the training and how it's going for them. But it is ex- it's extremely hard, isn't it, Sonia, not to do too much. And even you said to me last week that you were probably feeling the brunt of that after the World Championships uh, at maybe overdoing it through no fault of your own.
0: Yeah, but I think, you know, the thing is, we I suppose we had a 10-week flat and we all went in full of gusto and, you know, (laughs) ready to give us, you know, socks on every run and every session. And, you know, everybody has so many other things going on in their life as well that it it does catch up in you eventually. And and that's the thing is sometimes you do have to learn to run through this kind of um, tiredness and, like, you just kind of the accumulation of training and running in your legs. Um so you need to figure out how to um what would you say, kind of absorb all that. But then also not feel tired all the time. And how do you kind of refresh yourself, re energise yourself. And that's what I mean, this week looks to be it's a bit more um it's a bit easier this week, I think. I think I thought last week was an easy week, but I think this week is actually the week that's coming down a little bit more now we're definitely over the hill and we are you know in the final stretch the Mm. the taper section nearly into the half marathon and um you know that's when you really need to absorb the training that you've done the past few weeks and just really go out there and try to run easy and and that's what I did myself this morning I actually got back in touch with um with Trevor Cummins our one of our big friends of the show and um He's always been someone to kind of, I suppose, settle me down a little bit because a lot of time I would be influenced for, um, you know, training that I would have done down through the years. More is better, structure, routine, and just always sticking to the same thing. Um, but sometimes you need to have someone look in from the outside and give right. you a little bit of advice, someone to tell you to even slow down a little bit more, which, you know, you can kind of think, how slow can you go? so yeah so i'm on a bit of a reset week myself this week and definitely the slow down the pace and hopefully get refreshed and re-energized and um yeah start to feel good i did i did a park run on the weekend i did the bushy park run oh very Uh, good how did that go yeah so i ran from home over there and it was a funny one because i wanted to do it because i'm here you know it's on my doorstep and then at the same time i was kind of fearful of doing it because I knew I I I didn't really have a, a focus on why I was doing it other than I wanted to be out there running with some people and not just running around by myself. And yeah. um, so my my instruction to myself was to just go for a run and to like hold the reins. So not really try too hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did that, but I still started off relatively quickly. According to Trevor, I, my first few minutes was 3.30 pace and um, that was right at the moment when I was thinking I wanted to stop and wondering what the hell am I doing.
2: (laughs) Oh really you had a you had I want to stop moment.
0: (laughs) Oh I had to really talk myself around the whole thing luckily I knew the route so I knew all the little landmarks and to talk myself through it and I'd given myself a um, benchmark of 23.20 I figured that was 4.40 per kilometer pace and that is probably my threshold pace at the moment. And I thought, okay, that's the, you know, that's what I should be able to do. It shouldn't be too hard. And they ended up just under 22 minutes. So really surprised myself. And um, probably why I felt so bad because I hadn't been, I had done no sessions or anything the week before. So it was the first kind of semi hard run out in a while. Bit of a wake up call. And um, yeah, I felt like so much better afterwards. So it was great. Well, it was I, fine. I,
2: feel so, I feel so much better having heard this, to be honest with you. And I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners feeling the same way. That is reassuring to hear that you also have those moments where you're in the middle of a park run going, what the feck am I doing? (laughs) Do I really want to do this? My park run was in Navin. Shout out to all the Navin park runners. A lovely course around there. I think it's called Blackwater Park was where I was. It's got a beast of a hill in the middle of it that you have to hit three times, which is like running into a brick wall when you have any pace built up. But I definitely had a couple of moments of after a very Oh, moving house kind of absolutely exhausted week where I just thought, what is this all about? But, you know, like you say, at the end of it, you just feel just feel magic having done it and got through it and having had that chat with yourself. A gang, of course, of the Irishmen Abroad listeners gathered in Bray for our long Sunday run on the weekend led by neil fusco one of our squad captains we headed out onto the bray greystones cliff trail together and let's get neil on the live line now to hear how that went and where his head is at with less than three weeks to go to the big race in antrim talk to jar on 1850 715 815 good afternoon to you neil <laughs> how are you doing there Hey Jar, hey Sonia. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yesterday was a little bit of magic, Neil. It has to be said. Um, I was gorgeous, wasn't it? He, well, first of all, the weather. We we cannot mention the weather. If anybody's seen the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, can picture the cliff that we looked out on. I said it to Neil as we ran. At one point, it really did feel a bit south of Francie there for a bit.
1: It was sunny, out yeah. and full of Rupert. It was just yeah. It, <laughs> I've run that trail so many times in the howling wind and rain, but uh, yeah, every now, probably only the third or fourth time I've done it in like, that kind of blistering weather. It was
2: just glorious, just staring, drooling at the sea, dying to get in on the way back. Yeah, there was, there was that part of it. Now, Sonia, I have to say, this is the first time I've met Neil Fusco in person. It feels like we're friends. And I'm sure the listeners <laughs> feel that too. We've had so many chats. We've been in touch so much. But uh, there's always that surprise, isn't it, When you meet an online friend in in the flesh. Now, Neil, you did surprise me because I knew you were a good runner. But, Sonia, this lad took off with three kilometres to go. What's <laughs> like he was I literally th- there was dust coming up behind him as he as he went <laughs> off. Neil, am I right in saying that your threshold pace for that last three kilometres was 410?
1: Uh, well, it was kind of downhill, but uh, I think I about 4.15 four or so I did for the last, just under three. Yes, yeah, so I, I, you know, 4.15 is the, is the 90 minute half marathon pace, so I kind of pushed myself hard for nice. that. And, but I guess I also maxed my heart rate while doing that, which isn't ideal. I got up mm. to 195.
2: So what's the danger there, Sonia, if like, has Neil done anything wrong there? Because there was two things that occurred to me during this very hilly run was, is this really what you had in mind when you said a long Sunday, easy run? When we start heading up and down cliff faces and uh, doing very interesting run, is there risks or mistakes that can be made in that? And as Neil mentioned, that final section was to a degree downhill. And Neil probably got a tiny bit carried away with himself in that moment. What's what's the risk in any of those things?
0: Well, the, I mean, the up and down hills is fine as long as you adjust your pace and accordingly. Mm. So mm. you have to accept that you know you're going to run a little bit slower on the uphills, and you may go a little bit faster on the downhills. Um, I mean, the idea of the threshold thing at the end is that you you don't you definitely don't go too fast. You should be, you know practicing the pace that you're going to run in the half marathon and feeling comfortable with that and and sometimes you can feel energized when you do that you know you can feel better when you start to run with purpose than you know just running along easy and slow during the run and when you have a bit of a downhill section to assist you then then that helps as well so um that's all positive you know um Mm. I suppose the danger is that if you actually feel like you've you know really drained yourself and you feel wiped out afterwards, then you've really got to replenish and refuel afterwards and make sure that you take it easy for the next few runs. Um, because you know, you don't want to run your race and training, um, even though, you know, I'm sure when you run in a group of people, you get a little bit of a boost of adrenaline, it's exciting and, and mm-hmm. you do feel a bit better when there's other people around that you run a bit harder. But For sure, it may it may feel easier to run harder too, yeah. Um, but then, as as long as you recover from it, then then that's all good.
2: Yeah, it definitely felt easier, Neil. And I know that that's like, it's not a you know, that's not a huge discovery that running with a group of people is easier. But I just couldn't get over how uh, lovely it was just to chat well, and like
1: like move no, it I don't along. run with group very often. And just doing that chatting and forcing yourself to do an actual conversational pace is. Yeah, it's revelatory. It's so much more, so much more benefit. Everyone always says it, but it just never really happens, so. So two
2: two things, Neil, with you uh, on this run that I think that is worthwhile talking about, especially when we're talking about uh, ointments, bams, rubs, and gels that people have in their locker that they swear by. Neil took two gels across this run, Sonia, and he had his little squishy water bottle with him. I rocked up in full O'Sullivan fashion. No gels, no water. I'm an elite athlete. (laughs) I don't need that (laughs) stuff. the long-sleeve top yeah, as well.
0: Neil where you were in a strap with the grenades attached, were
2: you?
1: A on. He went to battle. He, he really was strapped up
2: all right. He had, a, he had an armband strap on to measure his heart rate. But uh, Neil, you swear by the two gels and the water for what Sonia just referenced there, which was that for the rest of the day, you feel that having the two gels and the water during the run means that you are still able to function as a husband and father after your long Sunday run.
1: Or in the case of Sunday, uh gardener for the next five hours. So yeah, <laughs> it's either it's either a few gels and a half a liter of water or else, uh, you know, lie on the couch and, you know, <laughs> getting a lot of junk with my wife. She's, like, it's, she's very kind to let me disappear for half the morning, but I need to, I need to, I keep the rest of the day.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you reckon the gels, though, are the the difference here? Because, Sonia, me and Neil did have a chat on the run about, you know, you being a bit of an anomaly this way, that there doesn't seem to be too many other people that I've heard that don't need a gel and a bit of water on a run like that. Uh, and I, <laughs> I've got to hold my hands up here, Sonia, and go, in my relationship with my wife, Tina, If I bottom out in terms of my calorie intake, if I get a sugar low, I become an extremely cranky man, (laughs) unlike the podcast host that you're listening to talk right now. I'm sure I'm not the only man or woman listening to this now who knows what I'm talking about here, that if you go so low, if you actually bottom out, I just become horrendous to be around. And my consciousness of that only came back when Neil started talking about these gels, that Am I perhaps missing this, Sonia? That I haven't been aware that I am actually specifically the person that the gels are for, because I know that I'm off of this specific makeup that needs to keep my calories high.
0: Yeah. Have you never tried them at all? Never. So, is Neil convinced you. To uh, give him a go.
2: Yeah. You, <laughs> m- m- m-
1: worth the go, right? Worth a shot.
0: So, which which brand? Which type?
1: Oh, I'm a I'm a garbage disposal, Sonia. I. I Take everything, anyway. <laughs> whatever, whatever the shop has. Like, like <laughs> I mean, I, I, you like this. I even made homemade ones. What I, I, homemade uh, ones. So, uh, most gels are made from stuff called maltodextrin, which is basically like mm-hmm. uh, processed sugar off potato starch. And you'll buy that from like my protein for a fiber for a kilo. It's the price of two gels, actually for a kilo of it. Mix that with a bit of water, a little bit wow. like, coke, a little bit, a little bit of um little bit of um what's it called you said coke coke.
2: there for a moment i was like mix that with coke, a, little coke, coke. Coke. <laughs> a little
1: bit of coke you know, really
2: just uh, yeah just you can make you can
1: basically make gels for pennies with it and it's great but i've uh, I, heard I, of anybody doing that
2: goats. neil you in the white in the, the white lab coat in the kitchen making their own gels is this a <laughs> common thing <laughs> yes. I-, I trail running okay
0: yeah i've never heard of anyone making them their own gels before that's interesting
2: yeah. You, uh, you can buy on a
1: small soft flask it's only like 250 mils and that you know that it, you can put enough calories in there for a day's trip
2: mm. yeah, well. yeah so it, it is on my mind Sonia that, it, that I either need to try this and then begin practicing it because it's come up before and we've had people like Seamus McIntyre quiz us about gels it is a question that comes in a lot uh, and I think you've said in the past that look if you're going to do it you need to get good at taking them
0: yeah, you definitely need to practice it because I've heard so many horror stories of people who take gels on race day, particularly in a marathon, and they just get so sick from it because they're not used to it. And then if they're too, if they're not diluted enough, then they're too concentrated, and it's quite hard to drink enough water to balance it out. Whereas I suppose, like when you make your own drinks, if you make your own gels, then you can control the the dilution or the concentration of it to the mm. level that you like or that you can tolerate. um. So that makes a lot of sense to do that. Where, where do you mm. buy
1: this stuff from, Neil? Uh, any of those. It's actually stuff bodybuilders use. <laughs> but they also <laughs> put it in baby food to bulk up the calories. It's free. But it's uh, those,
2: those sort of websites, MyProtein. Okay, much. well, we'll stick them in the episode notes for sure, Neil, if you want to ping those yeah, links across You get across these risky, to me. Re- special recipes. Uh, yeah, I'll, put the, I'll put the the recipe up. Rest and, uh, the rest the Darina Allen of uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gels. <laughs> yeah. You'll have your own uh, um, happy pear <laughs> cookbook of gels off the back of this show, Neil. Well, we've all got received the week eight uh, training plan. Sonia, thank you so much for sending that across. We're going to go through that in the second half of the show over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad, where you can get the aforementioned episode notes and the full training plan all the way through. So if you're listening to this at some point in the future and you're like, holy shit, Sonia Sullivan's half marathon training plan. You can get all of it in one place just by signing up for Irishman Abroad Premium on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. But before we go to the break, I want to ask you both, Neil and Sonia, What is the ointment, rub or balm of choice in your life? Before we get into in the second half of the show, the ones to avoid, the ones that are actual snake oil, do either of you have a specific rub that over the years you've used more than others to ease those achy muscles? I don't so much at the ointments, but I do chafe.
1: I'll go into details, but having small children there, the panting sugar cream is always in the house, which is very, very handy. (laughs)
2: Okay, right. Well, that is Proglide is the one that I was going for there on that one. That's a very good shout, though. As the chafing has come up. A few people have actually been in touch about can you get anti-chafing shorts and stuff. But you reckon that baby stuff's the way to go? It, if it can do a baby's nappy for six, seven hours with worse content, it can do it.
1: It can do me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But actually, instead of BAMs, I'm very, very lucky. My wife very generously got me a fancy uh, Theragun, massage gun, for my 40s. And it's amazing.
2: It's brilliant. Really? Okay, so that's just, well, like, a bit of gadgetry it. there. Now, Sonia, I heard you mention the old, uh, these terror guns, you may know them. If you follow any sort of running accounts, the chances are that this has been suggested to you in a contextual ad by Google or Instagram. It's basically, it looks like a drill with a roundy thing on the end and it pummels you if you hold it against your leg. Do you have one of these, Sonia? Have you used them and what do you make of them?
0: Um, no, I don't have one, actually. No, I had somebody contact me one time they were going to send me one but they never did they might they might come back on to me again i think probably because it was coming from ireland and i was in australia at the time Mm. i have used them occasionally when other people have had them lying around the place i think mary debarry gave me a law she got a present for one last year for her birthday from her daughters and um i must ask her if she's been using it much i think if you have it at home you know then it's easy to be sitting around and just give it a go Hmm. And it is like a self massage, and you can pummel the areas that are feeling a bit sore and um yeah, get yourself i suppose recovered from one run and ready for the next run, um because yeah, I do find now I don't go for that much massage treatment as much as I used to occasionally to I do um and the problem with that is that you might see someone different every time we go, and so. It's like starting all over again. Every time you go, you've got to explain any issues that you have. And so you don't get that continuation of treatment that you need um, yes. when you know somebody really well, I think, to to look after you. And um, so, yeah, the saragon, I think it's probably pretty good. Yeah, especially when you're doing a lot of long runs, a lot of sessions. Um, and, and if you combine that with the ice ice water therapy, Um, And a lot of the water around the place at the moment is probably not that cold. Like, you know, if you go to any rivers or lakes or even the sea, because it's been so warm, it's all warmed up. So it's not you're not getting the ice therapy effect that you would. (laughs) And, you know, the ice, the ice is fairly rationed around the place at the moment, too. (laughs) You don't want to be thrown down the sink just to be
1: sitting in there. Well, Neil threw me
2: into the sea after this uh, run in Bray. And I have to say it's the first time I've ever done it after a long run. And yeah, it mightn't have been the truly bitterly cold Irish Sea, but it was heavenly. Uh, We have to do another one of these runs, Neil, in Bray. Maybe we'll do it towards Christmas time or something. But it was suggested uh, by... Yeah, we'll feel it then. Um, we need to We need to get that. That We'll find out what is Sonia's go-to ointment in the second half of the show. But it's also been suggested uh, by Sarah, one of the girls that took part in the run on Sunday, that we do a monthly meet-up run. And I think that's a fantastic idea now that I'm back in Ireland. A monthly meet-up run where you can suggest where it takes place. If you want to email irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com We can get your suggestions in and figure out a timetable and book in a 12 month plan for these meetup runs so you can actually kind of schedule them in to uh, whatever runs you have coming up or races you have on the horizon. But come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad for the second half of my discussion with Neil Fusco and Sonia O'Sullivan.
0: One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise.